When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network. I am your host, journalist, author, researcher of all things weird, Aaron Sagers, you can also catch me on the on Paranormal Caught on Camera on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. And I'm also host of the new series on Netflix, 28 Days Haunted. And uh, very happy with how that show has been doing so far. Very excited that it's been charting globally in the top 10. So I hope you get a chance to check that out. Now, as we record this, we are still... In the midst of spooky season and Halloween is just a few days away. But right after Halloween is another holiday, another festivity that has similarities in origin, but is obviously a very different thing. It is Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. It's taking place November 1st and 2nd. And it is not... Mexican Halloween. It is not that. Rather, it's a rich celebration with significance and an array of concepts. And I want to talk about it with a a, a person that I've not been able to, to chat with before, but he is the author of Llewellyn's Little Book of the Day of the Dead. He was born in Mexico City in 1989, and he has followed the Wiccan path since he was 13 years old. He writes about spirituality, magic, minority religions, myths, witchcraft, uh, focusing on Mexico and Latin America. He's also an international columnist for the Wild Hunt, which is a daily news site for pagans, heathens, Wiccans, witches, and polytheists. And his name is Jaime. Hieronis, and here he is. Jaime, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and and I have your book with me right here, the uh, little book of the Day of the Dead. And it says it's a little book, but it contains a lot of information about this uh, holiday. And, and I'm going to ask you some questions, but I also want to encourage anyone that is watching this live to to throw their questions into the chat and we'll get to those as well. But uh, let me start with asking simply, can you talk a little bit about the purpose of, of Dia de los Muertos? What is, uh, especially as someone that is a native of Mexico city where it's, it's celebrated quite a bit. Uh, talk a little bit about the purpose and significance of the day of the dead. Of course. Well, the main purpose of the Day of the Dead is to honor our loved ones who are no longer with us. 
and but they are still in spirit so for a certain time in the year around this time of the year um, we take a moment and some space uh, to remember those who are dead or those who are deceased and we honor their lives their memories we remember them and out of these um love and and remembrance we share with them what we have in our life we share with them our our abundance our um wings of the year and we share them through our offerings so yeah um, mainly through an altar or also called ofrenda we um give them thanks and we honor their lives um, and we also share our bounty or food or water with them okay and and yes uh, in a few minutes i i do want to get to some of the concepts uh, like the ofrenda the calaveras de azucar uh, but before I get to that, I wanted the the Day of the Dead, Day de los Muertos, Dia de los Muertos, has origins in um, Mesoamerica and connections with the Mayans and Aztecs as well, right? It has, yes. It's not that the celebration by itself is ancient and has. Uh, and our ancestors in Mesoamerica used to celebrate the Day of the Dead. It's like, that's not true. But the origins of the celebrations do come from those times, from how, our Meso how the Mesoamerican people uh, used to see death as part of life and how they see the relationship with death and how they used to bury their uh, loved ones with um, offerings or with items that were important to them or how they used to see deities of death and the, the link between life and death. And, and also it has its origins on how um, in the indigenous communities, especially in the center of Mexico and South, um, look at the whole um, cycle of uh, the maize or the corn, the agricultural cycle. Um, the maize, it's uh, usually um, harvested at this time of the year. So for, for a lot of indigenous communities in this part of the country, this is a time where the harvest is um, shared with your loved ones, and that includes also the deceased loved ones, your ancestors. And besides sharing the, the harvest with them, it's also a way of saying thank you to these um, ancestors and deities and loved ones uh, for the blessings that made the harvest possible. And this cycle, is divided in in two halves and so the year has two halves the first half is um where the rain season starts around early may and the counterpart in the catholic celebrations is a cross feast or fiesta de la santa cruz 
and it also has like mixed Catholic uh, symbols with indigenous symbols, but it's basically the time of the year where the rainy season starts. So they um, they ask the ancestors their blessing for uh, the seeds that they're gonna uh, plant and and to have a successful harvest. And the counterpart at the other part of the year is the day, the day of the day when the harvest happens. And this harvest, uh, as I shared, is celebrated, shared with your loved ones, and also we give thanks because these harvests happen because of them. Yeah, and you, I, I think it's interesting. So you mentioned the Fiesta de la Santa Cruz in May, and uh, De Los Muertos is, is connected to sort of a harvest fest, har- harvest festival. And in that way, it has similarities to, you know, um, Celtic and Druid festivities such as Samhain. And along with that, you know, something we saw in those other cultures is that when, as, as Catholicism and the Roman Catholic Church started spreading into other lands, they brought with it these notions of All Saints Day and then All Souls Day, and they merged it with these uh, these uh, festivals, these folk festivals that were already existing. That's kind of similar uh, with what happened here as well. The uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. This, the Spanish came into Mexico and brought with them these ideas of All Saints Day and All Souls Day and merged it with some of the practices that were already happening with the indigenous people. Yeah, exactly. So when uh, the Catholic came here, they also brought um, festivities or celebrations that also had European pagan beliefs um, origins. So when they came here, um, the, the Catholic festivities like the All Saints, All Souls, um, had elements that were already in the indigenous or from Mesoamerican origins. For example, the flowers, uh, the flowers in the altars uh, or the sweet smell of the copal or resin that is burned as offering or for cleansings. Um, those elements were brought in into the Catholic festivity, festivities. And later on, um, around uh, mid uh, 20th century, um, a lot of political and academic cultural personalities um, raised the question of like, what does Mexican, being Mexican meant or, or, or what does mean Mexican means? And what, um, they wanted to define what what is it to be Mexican and, and like the, the nationalism of being Mexican. And when doing that, they looked backward to our origins and to Mesoamerican cultures. And with a lot of romanticism, they brought the idea of what um, these elements meant and they formed or they helped forming a lot of what we know um, today about the Day of the Dead or how we celebrate it. Um, one important thing to note, though, is that the Day of the Day is a very diverse celebration. You can find very different ways on how it's celebrated. 
uh, in the north part of Mexico or in the south part or even in other parts of Latin America or in the US where there is the Latino or Hispanic communities. And different um, indigenous communities celebrated and in different ways, some for a whole month, first just others just for a few days um, and with different um, activities and ways of celebrating. Um, the most common part of it is, is the altar, but um, yeah, I wanted to note that um, the, the origins come from our Mesoamerican ancestors. Then there was this influence with uh, when the Spanish and Catholicism came, but it is a celebration that has been evolutioning and growing through time and through this time and even today, it's not a specific defined way of celebrating. Um, there's no specific way of celebrating, but it has come on elements that you can find. Yeah, I I was fascinated about that when I was looking at your book because, you know, what does it mean to be Mexican? It's not just one thing. You know, Mexican right. people are not, uh, you know, monolithic, right? So yeah. in different parts of the country, there are different practices or, or ways to celebrate the Day of the Dead. I, I wanted you to just mention a couple of those because you talk about the cleaning of bones in one region, dance of the devil in another region. Can you just give us a couple examples of of the ways that other people throughout Mexico are celebrating this day? Uh, sure. So, for example, in the state of uh, Michoacan, there's a whole ritual in a lake um, where uh, the people um, before the day of the day, the night before, uh, um, lit lights, and there's a whole ritual and dancing around the lake, and they visit the graves as well. Um, visiting the graves is like a common item or activity you can find in different groups, um, but like in a contrasting way, in the state of Campeche, the Pomuch people, Mayan Pomuch people, they unbury the bones of their dead loved ones uh, once a year around this time. So the way for them to celebrate the Day of the Dead is um, they, I think the word in English is exonerate. When uh, exhum, uh, exhum, like, like exhum, dig it up, sorry. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. No, uh, so yeah, they, they like they take from the earth the bones and they clean them. And they clean it they clean them with a brush and it's act and it's actually for them a very uh, res um, a ritual with a lot of respect and love, which others might find weird and very strange to like grab the bones of your dead loved ones but for them it's an act of love and once a year they take the bones and they clean them uh, with a brush they also uh, change the a white cloth of flowers that they use uh, to wrap the bones around and to store the bones and for them if they don't clean the bones um, 
it um, either believes uh, their ancestors or wouldn't be happy or wouldn't be okay. So for them, it's an act of love of every year, taking the bones, brush, brushing them, cleaning them, and then putting them back on earth. Uh, and in that um, region, uh, I think that if like the law had to be created or modified around that tradition because in other parts of the country or the world, it's not legal to take the bones out of the graveyard. Um, so yeah, like those are two quick examples of very like different ways of celebrating. Yeah, it actually sounds quite beautiful when you think about it. It doesn't sound strange at all. Or maybe, you know, just because you're not familiar with something or it's not what your culture does doesn't make it automatically strange because another culture does it. Um, so it actually sounds quite beautiful. And also, just let me let me state the uh, I, my great appreciation for you for doing this interview in English because my Spanish is so limited. So I'm I'm appreciative uh, for you for, for speaking my language during this talk when I should really be speaking your language. But the, I, the, I want to speak a little bit about the evolution of this festivity because it, it does continue to evolve. It seems like based on what you, you talk about in your book that there have been changes with the celebration, even modern day changes. And, and, and one of the things I'm going to mention is specifically in 2016 in, I believe it was Mexico City. Well, there, there was a James Bond movie where James Bond is parading around this Day of the Dead festival and parade and everybody's dressed up. That didn't actually exist before the James Bond movie, right? Right, yeah. It, it was not a thing. It didn't exist. And it started happening because of the movie and now every year we have the parade and like everyone's like happy and excited about it Um i think this year is this weekend on saturday 29th and yeah and like it it now you can hear now a lot of excitement about the parade and going to the day of the day parade and it looks like an ancient activity or thing but it's not it, it happened because of, of a movie that i found that so funny because i've i've unfortunately never been to mexico during day of the dead i've always wanted to and and uh, even before that movie and then i saw the film i'm like oh that's interesting so i guess that's an example of pop culture having a a a good impact on a a festival and on a holiday what are some things that other people, you know, up here, your, your, your neighbors to the north in America, what are some things that we get wrong about Dia de los Muertos, things that we seem to misunderstand? Uh, I would say the first thing is that you mentioned it at the introduction, but it's not the Mexican Halloween. Um, in Mexico, we are influenced a lot by American culture, uh, as well as American culture is influenced by uh, Latino or Hispanic population that lives there. So both festivities or celebrations sometimes are mixed up or they overlap and as they happen at the same time of the year. And sometimes the line between them is a bit difficult to distinguish. Um, but um, although there are similar elements, um, they are different. 
and um, the day of the dead at the end is a spiritual activity even for those who do not recognize them as religious or spiritual and at the end is an act of um, love and respect to your past and to your ancestors and taking a time to remember them and uh, to honor them and honor their lives and the memories you have of them and so it's a time when we think of the past when we think of our loved ones when we uh, share what we have lived this year our wings are abundant with them so for example in the parade you can find people dressing up as skulls or like the katrina which is like the the lady with a skull and a big hat but it's not at the same as like in halloween that you're dressing up uh like to scare uh people or for for a party and there are certain elements as i said that overlap for example just as in in the american culture you how do you say when children ask for halloween like they ask for candy and no contour well i yeah i was going to mention that that you know we say trick-or-treating but you have right. uh what pedir calaverita yeah so we do have a similar thing which is pedir calaverita which translates to request ask for calaverita would be like little skull and um it's actually like the same like children knock on door and ask for their calaverita so there are certain elements that are very similar and and but the main part of the day of the dead um, is honoring your ancestors it's not more it's not about like the spooky part of halloween and dressing up yeah both both kind of overlap and coexist i mean you you mentioned you know you would celebrate halloween and you would celebrate trick-or-treating or padir uh calaverita but but also there's the day of the dead the the next two days um yeah and you can find sorry no please and you can see all around the city how both festivities or celebrations and um overlap or uh, or um match or mingle together because you can find um sugar skulls from the day of the dead and or the papel picado the cut paper like you can find day of the day decorations and at the same time halloween decorations at the same place you can see pumpkins you can see the ghosts and like throughout the city you can see these two festivities and these two cultures mingling with each other that's great i i want to talk a little bit about the actual uh some of the concepts and the ways that the Day of the Dead is celebrated, you know, and we can talk about Mexico City, but some of the core ideas, and if you can walk through, uh, you know, take us on a journey through a couple of these concepts, such as the ofrenda, the calaveras de azúcar, the panda muerto, uh, going to the cemeteries, the flowers, just kind of uh, tell us a little bit about each of those that you can think of and what the significance that they hold. 
Of course. Um, so yes, the most common concepts or way of celebrating, I would say they are the ofrenda or altar. Uh, these are spaces that are set up usually at one's home to um, so to celebrate and honor your their loved ones, which I'll um, explain a bit more in detail in a bit. The other will be visiting graveyards or visiting where your loved ones' remains are, and um, also leaving their flowers or sometimes even people sing or dance there and celebrate like on site uh, their dead loved ones. And um, before I explain both and especially the altar, um, I want to explain that the Day of the Dead is a celebration that happens in different levels. One is an individual level when you as a person, individual, and even when people are not religious or spiritual, they think of their loved ones, they guide their pictures, they ask for their families, do you have a picture of my aunt because I don't have one? Um, also on a family level, when they have these uh, gatherings or set up an altar in their family home. But on an individual level, a lot of introspection, a lot of even talking or praying to your dead loved ones. And if you live alone, your own altar. Family level, um, during this time of year, either you're gathering pictures or you're talking about your dead loved ones a lot, or as a family, you set up an altar at your home or you visit the graveyards of your ancestors. But there's another level, which is like the, as a community. Uh, the Day of the Dead also happens on a community level. And, and for me, that's like the most interesting part because you can find Day of the Dead altars in public transportation stations. You can find Day of the Dead altars in libraries or even hospitals. And some maybe with a theme, for example, a library may do a Day of the Day altar dedicated to musicians, sorry, to writers who are dead or uh, talking about musicians, uh, music school may, may create a Day of the Day altar for musicians that are dead, right? Um, or also you can find just like a generic Day of the Day altar, but even in government institutions or in the street you can see day of the day altars and i just went to um um psychiatric hospital this week because of a family situation and it was very interesting for me that like right in the middle of the hospital there was a day of the day altar and like I found it interesting because in that medical context, they may not speak about spirituality or ancestors or loved ones, but still, the, like, they do set the day of the altar and the altar is there. Yeah. Um, and and let, me, let me interrupt you just for one moment to clarify something. The, so when you're talking about these altars uh, in other locations, in a library or a psychiatric hospital or, or government facilities, you can essentially you can also honor people that you are not strictly related to. It could be you could go to these locations and express love and honor toward and respect towards 
people you feel a connection to that you're not actually related to. Right. So in, in these altars that I mentioned, for example, in hospitals or public institutions, um, what I understand is they have more like a decorational purpose. Like it's the day of the day and we have to set up something. Um, when it has more ritual or spiritual activity of setting up the altar, it would be more on an individual and family level. But you can also find places or moments where it is a community um, activity and when the altar set up by the community, not precisely for your loved ones, but for that, uh, um, for the dead ones that don't have people um, uh, for them uh, like to be prayed, to pray sure. for. Um, in 2017, we had a very strong earthquake in Mexico City. And it was around September 19 and September 7, two earthquakes. And on the second one, September 19th, a lot of buildings fall down and there was a lot of like damage and a lot of people died. And one thing that I remember the most is that a month later, and a half, um, one month and a half later, um, uh, around this time of the year, the time of the Day of the Dead, um, outside of these uh, places where buildings collapsed, um, the people, the neighbors, people that work or that walked around those places set up an altar outside the collapsed buildings or where people died. So um, either on the sidewalk or just like um, next to a wall that uh, remained from the damaged building. And like, it could be like people who knew um, uh, some of that uh, died there, or it could be like just neighbors or you as someone who were touched by the news and just went there and left a candle, left some flowers and, and as, a, as a way of um, honoring their lives, lighting a candle for to guide their journey and to remember them, to honor them. And that was a, like a community uh, ritual activity effort um, that had like deep meaning even when it was not for your ancestors and your dead loved ones. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's uh, quite lovely, a way of like uh, celebrating even and honoring people that as a community were lost. The, and, and of course there are the other, you know, we, we associate the, uh, the sugar skulls with this as well. Is there, and then uh, Pan de Muerto, the, the food and drink is very much a part of this. And talk about the importance and significance of those. Is it just to have a sweet treat or, you know, some bread or what, what is the importance of these items? Um, sure. Uh, to reply that one, I wanted to go back to your actual question of, of the altar and I'll go to those elements. And so I, I, as I mentioned, and you were asking more detail about the, 
I think the most common activities in the day of the day in general are visiting graveyards and the altar, altar setting up the ofrenda at your home. Um, and sometimes those are linked, like uh, some people um, visit a graveyards and then sprinkle uh, flower petals of the Sempasuchil or the Mexican marigold from the graves of their loved ones to the door of their home. And this is to guide them and for them to know uh, where to go and, and go to the ofrenda or the altar. And in the graveyards, uh, some people just go and are silent, others pray, others talk to the loved ones, others dance, others sing music. That depends on the person and also the community. And the ofrenda or the altar, um, it's basically a place at your home where the whole celebration happens. And setting up the ofrenda is a ritual on its own. Um, you first gather pictures of your loved ones, of your loved ones, dead loved ones, and and part of it may trigger memories may trigger conversations with your family about your history, about your loved ones, and talking and laughing about their lives. And that's also a part of the celebration, the remembering and honoring their lives. And so gathering the pictures, because the pictures on the offering are, are important, and they, well, they represent your dead loved one who you are honoring. Um, and through, on, on the altar, throughout these pictures, um, there are other elements like water, and this is um, not only as this like this spiritual universal symbol of water of life, but also as as a gift for them or as a uh, offering up for them as they may be thirsty after their journey back uh, back to your home and for them to also drink before they go back and return. And the other uh, would be candles to light their ways, um, to light their path as in, uh, in a general spiritual sense, but also light their way towards your altar and back home. And salt as a symbol of earth, um, and a very uh, important part of the altar is the food. So you can find traditional dishes and actual cooked real food on the altars. And some people also like do uh, put like fake food out of like plastic for of, like for different reasons, you may have pets and you don't want them to be eating on your altar or something like that. And, but there are some uh, elements that are both uh, um, as decoration and as an offering and also as this part of like edible, uh, uh, edible offering your altar, like the sugar skull. The, the sugar skulls, um, represent both death in general, but also the deceased. And some people like to uh, put a skull per loved one, like um, 
a tiny skull for a child that died and then a big skull for your dad or others like uh, uh, setting up big sugar skulls, a big huge sugar skull at top like representing death and then tiny ones below. Um, and the pan de muerto or bed of the dead uh, is, there are different types around Mexico, uh, but it basically represents the body of the dead and also the uh, four cardinal points because it has, it's a round size and it has four uh, bones made of bread pointing to each cardinal point. And it's also used as an offering. And both items, sugar skulls and the, uh, the bread, uh, the pan de muerto, um, you can find them in altars and are placed as offering in the altar, but you can also go buy and eat for yourself or give as a gift to people. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And it's worth mentioning as well that in uh, Jaime's book, the, the little book of the Day of the Dead, he does include some recipes on, on how to make um the panda muerto and uh and some sugar skulls lots of lots of interesting practical information in there as well now the calaveras uh you know we know the sugar skulls the calaveras de azúcar but there's also the literary calaveras the poems uh about death and then there's also you talk about drawing the representations of death and i i found this to be just a I really, again, some information that I wasn't quite aware of, but it kind of it has significance in a larger global community as well. People do this to kind of confront their their fears of death and and perhaps become sort of more familiar with the idea of death, almost treating death as an inescapable element and maybe even kind of like a friend. So good question. Um, I I think that as a Mexican culture, we have a very special, or I would say different relationship with death. And it's not that we don't, we are not afraid of death, like even I am at like certain moments of life. It's not that we don't go through grief. Uh, of course, as any human, we go through our grieving process. But we do see that differently than other uh, cultures. And I see that in the way that we talk. Um, like certain phrases when we refer as someone died instead of like that person died, there are phrases that would be like, Colgolos um, things. He hung his sneakers, or uh, the the skinny one came to take him, like la flaca, um, 
vino por él. The skinny one came to take him. There are certain ways that we talk about death where we, first of all, personalize death, but also we give it a bit of humor, uh, and a way of laughing about death. I personally see that as a way uh, that we, like something that we did in order to confront death and that happened through time because of these also elements and origins uh, and our history, but that res um, the result being us having a laughing relationship with death and personalizing that. And, and another example would be the way we refer to death as um, bigger, sometimes maybe deity, sometimes even personification of the process of death. But um, some people do not may say um, he died, she died, they died, or came, or death came for them. They may say uh, the white one came uh, and took them, la blanca, or um, like la flaca, the skinny one, uh, or the la huesura, which would be like the bone and Mrs. Bones made, made out of yeah, Mrs. Bones Don, would be Doña Huesos, or is that it, or is that <laughs> yeah, exactly that 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 would be it. So we personalize it and we laugh at it, and it's something that it's I think it's not it's something about our way of seeing life or something about our culture that we do not make ourselves conscious of it. But um, when writing my book, um, I wanted, besides explaining what Day of the Dead is and how, like the origins, a bit of the background and how we celebrate it and how I celebrate it. Um, I wanted also for the book to be an inspiration for people around the globe who may not be from Latin or Hispanic or Mexican origins, but for them to know what they can get from the Day of the Dead, what inspiration they can receive from it. Um, and that's for me um, the, like the main point of my book. And the exercises that you mentioned that I added in my book, for example, name dead or draw dead is a way for me of, of giving or trying to give a bit of this relationship that I see we have with death um, and to use the celebration as a way of um, confronting that aspect of life. And the uh, the the names like some of the names that um, audiences uh, in the U.S. might be might recognize are like La Llorona, who also has connections to other urban legends. But the names for death, you know, La Calva, La Flaca, you you mentioned uh, La Santa Muerte. But there's also this character of Katrina, and she's if I remember, she's kind of a fairly new introduction, like the 20th century. Can you explain who Katrina is and 
her importance within Day That Did. You mentioned that people will sometimes dress up as her, but who is she? What's her purpose? Um, of course, so La Catrina is a drawing or image figure that was created by uh, Jose Guadalupe Posada. Uh, and these artists created uh, out of symbols of death uh, and the skull and like the, how do you pronounce it, scythe? Oh yeah, yeah, like a scythe, yeah. Um, out of like these traditional old symbols of death, um, it was uh, he he draw a figure of a woman, but she's a skull and she's very uh, elegant with a, a a big hat and fancy clothes of that time. Um, and it started as a satirical or ironic uh, way through drawing of criticizing um, the uh, high society of the time that they were and uh, they were um, like very um, Sorry, I forgot the word, but it, it it was a way of making fun of the fancy people of the time. Right. So, but the Katrina came and became um, like a, one of our national symbols, I guess, or part of the Day of the Dead as well. And you can find that image of like a lady, which is as cold, but dressed up uh, like, in the parade or or in decorations of the day of the dead and you were asking something in, in, in before about the calaveras literary writings so um which are related as well to these the calavera calavera means skull so uh, i talked about the sugar skulls but um another meaning that has calavera is a literary text that is um uh um, a text in rhythm where um, usually the death is subject, is part of, of, of the story, but it's also, you're also making fun of someone. And also Calavera started as a, a political and, 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 and social um, and satires or, 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 or being critical about what, what, like what's happening. But these are texts, sometimes short, sometimes long, that you can find in newspapers or, uh, or even in schools um, that people write making fun about something. And when, when I was a child, uh, a child, for example, in primary school, and um, every year, one of my homeworks uh, was to create, a, write a calavera. So I would write about maybe the, a teacher or the head of the school. And like the death is a subject and a, a character in the story, but also the teacher and you laugh about death and you also laugh about the person you're writing about 
And and you mentioned in your book, I was just trying to find it really quickly that that the literature that kind of ties well, yeah, Diego um uh uh Rivera painted La Catrina, um Octavio Paz, uh and poems and well there's the mural by a mural by Frida Kahlo and then Octavio Paz wrote I, I found this just because you know, I live in New York City. The the word death it, tra- uh, translated his poem is that the word death is not pronounced in New York and Paris in London because it burns the lips. The Mexican, in contrast, is familiar with death, jokes about it, caresses it, sleeps with it, celebrates it. It is one of his favorite toys and his most permanent love. Uh, that's great. That was from 1950, Octavio Paz. I, I, so that's a an example of a literary uh, calavera. Well, not exactly. That's more like a a, a, a very well, a phrase that I love from Octavio Paz, and that it, that uh, is an example of our relationship with death. Um, a calavera would be more um, um, with rhymes. Okay, more of a poem. Like a, more of a poem, and where I would say I don't know, like the the skinny the skinny one came from Aaron um while he was recording his podcast and um she was scared uh, like she yelled or screamed be- because she was scared when i don't know like she looked at him i don't know like that's a very rough example. i love it imagine that rhyming but like it's just like a story of how they would come from someone and like you would usually um include like elements of that personality or person you're talking about and exaggerate them and laugh at them which it wasn't like it was my my example was rough and i like i am i'm bad but like you would make fun of someone i'm talking about them yeah no, I liked it. I, I I appreciate you doing that on the spot. That was good. The uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was way right, better than I could do. <laughs> and if you didn't rhyme, but, yeah. but the and then when people uh, don the masks, the and you kind of mentioned this at the beginning. I'm going to get to this this idea uh, in a minute. But specifically, when people paint their face or don the mask, part of it is to is that to find the playfulness in death to kind of confront the the scariness of death or uh or is it is there a connection with sort of the celtic uh, tradition of during sahwin like where they would wear masks it was to pass by unnoticed from other spirits the un the 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 not nice spirits they would wear the masks to avoid detection from some of those spirits or paint their faces what's sort of the significance of donning the mask, wearing the mask during Day of the Dead? So I think that face painting or masks are more like a result of the mingling relationship between the Day of the Dead and Halloween, that of the Day of the Dead itself. Like, um, and part of these... um, living tradition, evolving tradition that we were speaking about, like the parade. Um, you're not 
very common to be like part of of the main day of the celebration. It's not like you say like paint your face to set up a day of the day altar, for example. Um, but face like the face painting of the Katrina maybe now a way for a Mexican Mexican girl to ask for a calaverita um, instead of like uh, dressing up with a custom of I don't know a ghost like using right. some of her um, uh, of her tradition culture but for uh, something that is now more mingled it's not about the day of the day it's more um like part of these halloween day of the dead time of the year well uh, along with that mingling you know the in the in the u.s you, you see a lot of imagery that evokes day of the dead and you see um it's ever present. It's not just November 1st and 2nd. We see it all the time when we're encountering uh, Mexican culture in the United States, it seems like. And I happen to love it. And I happen to appreciate the colorful skulls. I appreciate the imagery. And I, I think that it's a very good thing when we embrace other cultures. However, this is also a, a spiritual celebration and there is a difference between cultural appreciation versus cultural appropriation and you speak about this in the book and i wanted to get you to to talk about it right now a little bit about how people can appreciate and love dia de los muertos without appropriating it Okay, um, that's a great question and a very hot topic. So uh, first a disclaimer, <laughs> my idea of where cultural appropriation uh, starts and where cultural inspiration begins may not be the same as for others. There's a fine line and I, it's my understanding that it sometimes depends on your own personal opinion of it. But I do include at uh, the first part of the book a uh, section about it. And what I say basically is, for me at the end, depends on the purpose of what you are doing. Um, at, at the end I wrote a book about the day of the day and how you can celebrate it. But throughout my book, I offer ways for anyone even if they're regardless of their origin how they could celebrate it um, first of all because death is a universal human experience we all have dead loved ones we all have ancestors so honoring our ancestors is a universal um activity or universal ritual and right. you don't have to be Mexican to your ancestors or your dead loved ones or remember their lives. Um, but I do include explanations on why the elements are, uh, like why we have certain elements and what their meanings are. 
and then how you could if you're inspired by the day of the dead like the meaning you can get from it so an example uh, the sempasuchil or the mexican marigold flower is a very important symbol of the day of the dead and um, mainly it is because it is harvested at this time of the year it has a very orange yellow color and a very sweet smell so it's used to um because of the color and the smell and because it is harvested at this time of year so it's very abundant uh, it is used to guide the path and decorate the altar or you can find it everywhere and one of our longest avenues in mexico city reforma it's decorated with the flowers all the way so you can find it everywhere but when i talk about the sempasuchil flower and what it represents and light and life and and the sweet smell to guide your ancestors and and how we set up on the altar um I do not mean for other people to like uh, uh, like to literally use sempasuchil flowers or to look for sempasuchil flowers that they probably may not be able to find in some parts of the world. But to understand the general idea that if you want to honor your ancestors and your left, the, dead loved ones, you can look for flowers that have a sweet smell. Um, and a bright color and that they are harvested or abundant at that time of the year at that part of the world that people live in so um, using those understanding the meaning behind it uh, you can use those elements and adapt it to your context and inspired by the day of the dead but towards your own personal context religious spiritual or regional where you live and so replying to your question and after this long example i think the important the importance when we want to see the line between appropriation or inspiration would be the understanding the meaning behind things and the purpose right. of why you're doing things so the katrina is at the end um art and mexican symbol so if you want to paint face paint uh, your child with a katrina or a skull face and with a uh, colorful symbols and um, like my question would be um what's the meaning behind it and how do you phrase it to your children is it like First of all, do not say this is from mixing on Halloween, explain that it's from Day of the Dead, but also maybe touch on the subject of death, like you're painting that skull on your child and maybe it's a nice moment to have a conversation about death at that time or your death loved ones. And that's a, another rough example of the, uh, like the purpose of meaning of doing things, but also um, when setting up a, an altar, um, is it for you and your dead loved ones or is it just like posting on instagram and um, and i think the third part um or bonus because i only mentioned two is that to understand it's a community and uh a community celebration a group celebration it's not only on individual and family level so i think the 
best way for you if you are not of Mexican heritage, Latino, or you don't live in Mexico? Like the best way of honoring or celebrating the Day of the Dead first would be uh, being respectful of the Latino Mexican communities that live near you and listen how they celebrate the Day of the Dead and how much you can participate help with those and also being maybe honest and congruent congruent is a word yes <laughs> that if you're celebrating uh mexican festivity also being respectful respectful to the mexican culture and mexican people that live near you as well um but at the end, honoring your dead loved ones is a universal thing. And there are different celebrations all around the world for the dead, not only Day of the Dead. And a lot have similar items as well because of Catholicism. And, but these are for your inspiration on how to look at death the concept of death in your life and, and the opportunity to take a moment in the whole year to think about death and ponder death, death in general and your dead loved ones, think about your dead loved ones and honor them. And uh, the elements of the celebration have their meaning, have their origins and the why behind. And if you understand, those meanings and those origins, you may find something that is more applicable to your context. And I, I want to, I mean, before I let you go, I want to ask, because you are Wiccan and, and you write about uh, other religions and uh, you write about paganism and uh, polytheism and spirituality. And I, I am... And curious about how you merge your Wiccan beliefs with Day of the Dead and how, you know, you combine these kind of, there there are certainly similarities, but there's also differences. How you kind of combine these two things? Good question. So I tried in, in the ritual aspect i try to separate them so i first celebrate something or sawin uh, and then i also celebrate the day of the dead uh, in the meantime as they have been around the same time of the year you can find you may find like elements of both in my own personal altar or even in my house maybe decorations um but I see it, um, and also in like some other weekend or pagan groups, you may find if you go to a Samhain or something ritual, you can see like the jack-o'-lanterns, the pumpkins, but also senpasuchu flowers and, and shower skulls. Like you may find similar elements. Although as um, I, and I've seen that we usually try to separate them. And there are elements in the ritual that, became, that may be similar 
at the end in honoring your uh, the uh, the deceased, your dead loved ones, and uh, that may happen in ritual, and like both have similarities. Um, replying, that's how like I treat them or celebrate them, but how it has influenced, how one has influenced the other, I think that a general or common viewer looking at the Day of the Dead is that it's a time where they visit us. And I think because of my beliefs uh, that um, I see this time of year uh, when the veil between the worlds is thinner. And I now believe that it's not that they visit us, it's that they've always been here, but now that the veil is thinner, we are able to feel them more closely, see them more closely. And so I think that's how it has influenced me both and beliefs. <laughs> no, I like that. I, I like that a lot. And and you do mention that part of the specific the the Day of the Dead celebration is also saying goodbye to the dead at the the end of the festival. And I want you to address that a little bit. It's not just about bringing them in. It's also kind of saying goodbye to them again for another year. Yeah. Of course, well, the day of the day happens once a year. For some, a day, a few days, November 1st, November 2nd. In other parts of Mexico, in different communities, happens for a whole month. But it's a certain moment of the year, and it has a start and, 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 and an end. And when you're setting up the altar, you're usually like welcoming your your uh, dead loved ones. Others do a more formal ritual on how to welcome them. For others, just like setting up the altar and putting the pictures is the ritual and you're welcoming, welcoming them. But like the altar cannot stay there the whole year. Uh, like just like the Christmas tree just happens for a moment of the year. At some point you have to, uh, set uh, the altar down and pick everything up, cleaning. So there's a time of the celebration. It also changes for some people, wait like a few days after, a week, but at some point you have to say goodbye and you have to uh, dismantle the altar. And a part of the, of the celebration and the ritualistic part of the celebration is to say goodbye again. Um, to pray for them for their path back home or back where they came from um, and saying goodbye again. So I see it as also like a grieving and exercise or way of saying goodbye. Like, and you welcome them, you talk with them, you and shared with them but at some point and uh, you have to say goodbye again and that's part of the celebration because the celebration at the end is that life and death uh, are um, linked to each other and one cannot live without the other and uh, at the beginning of the year we honor the loved ones and add their blessing and the rainy season starts and then the harvest happens and we thank them 
that those counterparts as well as well as life and death are linked and in this celebration it's not the exception it has to end at some point and we have to say goodbye and Jaime I know that you contribute to the wild hunt which is the daily news site for pagans heathens wiccans witches and polytheists in addition to that in addition to the wild hunt how can people follow you and support your work and thank you in addition to that well i would say with my book which they can find at lawalling.com and at their favorite local uh, bookstores and or book online famous bookstores as well and I think that would be the best way of support, but also any kind words and messages are welcome and people can contact me at mostly Twitter and Instagram. And my Instagram is Magical with double M and CK. <laughs> and the Twitter is my name and last name, Jaime Gironez, all together. And the book is, of course, sorry, there's some sirens outside New York City right now as I'm wrapping this up, but the book is Llewellyn's Little Book of the Day of the Dead. The author is Jaime Jaronis, and I appreciate uh, you, my friend, for your time, and I hope that you have um, a lovely Day of the Dead uh, coming up this this next week. And... (laughs) Until next time, thank you so much, Jaime, for your time. And until next time, I want to say to everyone out there that's watching watching and listening, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content.